Well, I, uh, I, get, I get to share with you today about Ascent, and um, you guys, this is an amazing, this is an amazing time that we live in. It, it really can't be overstated that for the first time in the history of Oregon, that there are, there is, in Willamette Valley, there is unbroken 24-7 prayer that's going on. In, through one church one day, that we have, we have churches that are gathering together and praying specific prayers. And one of those prayers, as you know, because you've been joining this, this movement of God, is to see his kingdom come and his will be done in our valley, that those that are lost will be found, that those that are in darkness will perceive and come to the light, that light being Christ Jesus and our good dad. And it is amazing what's happening. And, and, and something that's, that's making possible what I'm going to talk about today, that, that we're joining together with other churches through this next week, and we're going to go on the journey of ascent together. How many of you guys are familiar with the songs of ascent or have in some way practiced ascent before? One, two, that's right, we got some like, yeah, a couple people, very cool. Um, I'm super excited. This is my first practicing of Songs of Ascent with a group of people. So, um, so uh, for those of you that already know, please don't judge me against what you already know. Uh, you can just email me later and let me know how smart you are, but don't tell anyone else that I missed something. Let me give you guys a little bit of, let me give you a little, uh, little bit of, you know, what, what are the Songs of Ascent? What is that? Um, the Songs of Ascent are 15 psalms, so they're chapters 120 through 134 in the book of Psalms, and the practice of ascent comes from, uh, from Israel, and when the pilgrims would make their way up to Jerusalem for the feasts of Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, then they would sing these 15 psalms. So that's one of the places where we see the Songs of Ascent coming into play. The other one that is super cool is that in the Holy Temple Courtyard, there was an a, a wide stairway that consisted of 15 large semicircular steps that ascended into the intersection of the courtyard. And the Levites, whose job it was to accompany the temple service with song and instrumental music, would stand on these steps and they would sing these 15 psalms. So as they're ascending into the courtyard, they're worshiping the Lord with these songs of ascent. And that's what we want to do together this week as a church is to, in, is to join together and we're going to cover all 15 songs of ascent through this week. And so if you look on this little beauty, take that with you when you go. These are the different times, morning and evening prayer, and we're going to do a different psalm of ascent at each Point. Now, I realize everybody can't make it to every single one, but that'd be super cool if you can. Go for it. But, um, but I do want to ask that we would go all in on this, that you would uh, go, make as many as you can. I mean, um, but at least make a couple. And, um, and then it's going to culminate, by the way, we're following through the songs of ascent as they were sharing. And we're going to be going up to the high places, Mount Pisgah, um, and, and, the other, and the other mounts that uh, Jason told you about, and we're going to pray and proclaim, and we're going to do a song of ascent there, and pray and say, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, and then culminating, of course, at Willamette. So, so this is how we, as the church of the mid-Willamette Valley, is getting together to do the songs of ascent. Isn't that cool? I love it. I love it when we get to take out the treasures new and old. You remember when Jesus said that? The kingdom of heaven is like a wise man who takes out treasures new and old. And this is just cool, taking the songs of ascent, something that's been practiced by the faithful for ages, and then we're joining in and doing the same thing and saying, Lord, let your kingdom come. 
that's just exciting. That's got, that's got some goodness. So let me, uh, let me take you then into Psalms 120. This is the beginning song of ascent, and, and we begin here with, with this psalm. Um, before I do that, I want to set the stage for Psalm 120, and I'm going to start with this quote by Eugene Peterson. And, uh, and he says, one aspect of the world that I have been able to identify as harmful to Christians is the assumption that anything worthwhile can be acquired at once. We assume that if something can be done at all, it can be done quickly and efficiently. Our attention spans have been conditioned by 30-second commercials. That's a good word, isn't it? We, we, it's true, and, and I must say, in this regard, I am the chief sinner of us all. Um, I love quickly and efficiently. That is my favorite thing. My favorite thing is to find something that, that you can produce, and then I'm immediately like, oh, there's got to better be a better way to do this, you know? And that is okay. That is okay. You keep doing that. That's fantastic. It's beautiful to see a factory where, like, raw, you know, materials go in this end, and a whole car comes out the other end in 11 minutes. That's amazing. This is true. This is, this is like Honda and Ford and all that. It's incredible. It's incredible to see the efficiency of what we can build when we put that together. But let me tell you what, what, what does not form uh, quickly and efficiently. Sons and daughters. That, 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 is not, that is not how God has called for us to become sons and daughters. In fact, I want to say this. I I want us to begin to calibrate our thinking to say, yes, efficiency and quickness is valuable in the right context, but there are places where quickness and efficiency is actually, uh, it's the opposite of how God wants to do it. It's, It's not the right way. We will not acquire quickly the most important things. A baby takes nine months to form and 18 years to raise. And for those of you that have children that are over 18, you're probably saying, well, a couple more years beyond that too. Praise God. Praise God. You know, and, and you, th- you think about that. That's a, that's a child who we're raising to be a mother or a father. It's, it's this, you know, 20 years, 20 years of investment. That is not quickly, and there is nothing efficient about it. <laughs> I thought I'd get more of an amen on that one. All right. A nation takes much longer, and the kingdom of heaven longer still. Let us take comfort in God's perfect timing and his careful plan. Think about that, his perfect timing and his careful plan. That as many are willing will be saved and that each of us has an opportunity to become friends of God as well as sons and daughters. This is all in his timing and his care. This is all in the sequence and the invitation to allow us to acquire knowledge and intimacy with God. Let's take this time, let's take this time of ascent and and let's think about that Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered and that we still fill up in what remains of his suffering. You recall the apostle saying, I fill up in what yet remains of the sufferings of Christ that he would be glorified. Let's take time to think about that that's part of it, that, that sometimes we sow in tears and we always reap in joy. Let's take great comfort in the process of life and time spent slowly forming what is of greatest value and importance. This, this is the invitation as we step into this time of the Psalms of Ascent. Will you go with me? 
You remember when we were going through Rhythms of a Disciple and Jason walked us through a a fascinating and fruitful, probably my favorite meditation on scripture. I I love this particular practice and it's, it's, it's a practice of word emphasis. And, uh, and I want to do that now. I want to begin just with the beginning part of Psalm 120. I'm going to just walk us through this. And you can close your eyes and listen, or you can go right there with me and read this. But as we begin the first part of this psalm, let's take a moment and let's let it wash over us. Let, let's let our soul quiet itself. Let's let our mind and everything else begin to engage and meditate on this word. That we can find our own song. That we can find ourselves in this psalm. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. The first line rings out with desperation. It it begins with a need, a need that the writer cannot deliver his own soul from lying lips. Let me read the second part. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. Half the time when I read this scripture, I'm asking him to deliver from my own lying lips and deceitful tongue. having a hard time being honest with the Lord about my own cry, I suppose. This has been for me probably one of the most challenging parts of life, to admit my utter dependence on God. I understand it factually and intellectually. I think we do, don't we? And yet many times I find myself doing almost anything other than admitting that I am distressed. I'm having trouble. I'm surrounded. I'm tired. I'm weak. I need a break. I need comfort. I need confidence. I need rest. And yet, who will I cry out to in that moment? Who do I cry out to? In this, in this psalm, it says, in my distress, I cried to the Lord. But, but I have to ask myself, Who am I crying out to in that moment? If I will admit my distress, is it food? Do I call out to food? Do I call out to drink or sleep? Social media? 
entertainment, exercise, friends, books? What do I look to for deliverance in that moment when, the, when, the, when I cannot quiet the distress of my soul, when I cannot quiet that voice that, that needs to sing out? Do I call out to the Lord? Do I? Is it him? Or is it lying lips and deceitful tongues? Is it momentary pleasures? Pop culture? Organic bananas? More exercise? The reality, the, the, the reality is even morally good things become lying lips and deceitful tongues when I don't cry out to him first. They, they can't deliver what only he can deliver. He's the one that not only hears me, but he responds and only he can truly comfort my soul and bring life to my soul, to deliver my soul. He's the only one that can do that. He, he delivers my soul from the empty promises of any and all things that purport to be able to satisfy what only my king and his kingdom can truly satisfy. And so we can find ourselves in this place where he says, in my distress, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. And we live in a place where everything is one click away, right? Amazon, boom, it's on its way. I, it freaks me out. I click on Amazon and I hear FedEx and pull up right then. I don't know how they can do this. It's incredible, right? Or I, I, Jason talked about how our phones lie to us, right? They cater to us. It's so easy to cry out to our smartphone and it says, here's some things you already believe. And you go, oh, good. But, it, but it's a lie, isn't it? In the sense that it can't actually deliver what our soul is crying out for. Even the good things. And, and so as we're living in this time and place and, and in many ways, there's nothing new under the sun. It's not like humans just now figured out how to cry out to the wrong places and be unsatisfied by the dismal results. That's, as, that's, as, that's, that's been forever. But the invitation is, do we cry out to him? And the invitation is, he wants us to cry out to him. The psalmist continues, what shall be given to you or what shall be done to you, you false tongue? <laughs> and he answers, sharp arrows of the warrior with coals of the broom tree. He's, he's singing out, he's saying, what will be given to you and done to you, you lying liars and the lies you tell? <laughs> and then he answers, sharp arrows of the warrior with coals of the broom tree. He you know, it's kind of an interesting time that we live in because there's so much confusion about even the idea of truth or identity or objectivity that this is almost a muddy subject for us, but, but or, or I'm sorry, for our society, for our time and space. But for those of us that are in the kingdom, it's good and it's right and it's important to understand that the king, the king himself is gonna handle justice. It's good to remind ourselves that God will handle justice. It comforts us and it gives us proper reverence for his goodness and his righteousness. It also convicts us lest we become complacent and it comforts us that the wicked will not go unpunished. 
You see, now, now let me talk about that for a moment because when we talk about the wicked being punished, on one hand, I think our own conscience probably confronts us a little bit of like, um, I know there's some naughty things going on in my life right now, so let's go mostly with grace and mercy for everybody. So I think it's a little self-serving and there's a, a small percentage of that. But I also believe that we, we have lost sight of and we, we forget to take comfort in the fact that this good father who spared not his own son and this good Jesus who gladly came to fulfill justice has died for us before we even asked, has said, I forgive you before we even repented, who extended love before we even said, I don't hate you. This is the God that still is extending these things, but there will come a day where he does judge Satan and all of this army of darkness, all of the fallen angels and those who align themselves with selfishness and with darkness. There will come a day that, that, that true justice will be served. And, and, and we have to, it's vital for us to take into account eternity because reality has no hope without an eternal perspective. Does that make sense? So it's vital for us to take those things also into account as we're calling out in distress to say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your mercy be extended. Let your love come into this situation to also know there will also be a day in his perfect time, in his perfect way, that those who choose wickedness will receive what they've chosen and we will be redeemed. The realities of the kingdom will become the only reality. And without that, there really isn't comfort. But let me tell you something about this that I think is very pertinent for this moment. If when you think of justice, if when you think of judgment, a part of you delights in people getting their comeuppance, I want you to take that back to the Lord because I truly believe that if we look at the heart of the Father, in regard to people, by the way, I'm not talking about Satan and his, his army. They get their comeuppance, rejoice all you want. But in regard to people, when we think of the justice and judgment of the Lord, it should, it should really just result in two things. One is in gratitude for the mercy that he shows to everyone who turns to him and is in humility in that he's willing to do it. That, that when we think about judgment, it should cause us to have gratitude for mercy and a greater humility. If... if if, there, if that's not what comes into your heart, then cry out in distress about that and say, Lord, show me a greater revelation of your kingdom that I, that I would not be motivated by vengeance. Let me be humbled by justice. Let me have gratitude for your love. Let me be comforted by the fact that you will bring all things into perfect order in your perfect time at that perfect time. But let me not delight in the downfall of any one that you created in your image that would be rejecting you. Let me not delight in that. I know you don't. And this is part of that meditation. This is part of that moment to say, God, I want to see the way you see. I want to love the way you love. I want to I be with you. And so we continue. Woe is me that I dwell in Meshach, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. 
My soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they're for war. I think for those of us that have been in the, in the, in the church for a while, uh, especially, um, I think, more charismatic circles of which we are a part, and praise God for all the different parts of the body. Isn't it beautiful? You're going to get an opportunity to hang out with a whole lot of different parts of the body and different um, expressions and streams this week as we team up, because each day is hosted by two different churches coming together. So morning and evening, that's going to be a very cool thing. So I praise God for those expressions. One of the strengths, I think, of, of those that have embraced a more charismatic expression of which you are a part here, I, I think is a real strength, is that we, we go all in. We love that scripture that the kingdom of heaven is, is, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? And we're like, yeah! And we love that, and it's absolutely true. It's wonderful. You look at the fruit of the Spirit, the first ones are joy, peace, and love. We're like, that sounds like a party. Amen, let's have a party. And I think that's what we try to do. Charismatics love a party, all right? Praise God for that. But there can be a temptation to limit the full range of God, of our God-given emotion in this life. For, for we find that, that, that we ignore some of the songs of our soul. Go with me for a moment on this. In other words, we may sing from joy, but never sadness. Or quite the opposite, we may have tears on earth, and joy someday upon his coming, depending on the stream that you're part of. Some of us have these sad, sad songs, and we're like, but someday he'll redeem it. And you know what? There's real beauty in that. There's real beauty in being able to sing both. Do you see that? It's, it's not that we have to do away with one psalm in order to be in the kingdom. The truth is we need them all. And, and that's why I love this. That's why I love David is how he, he encourages us and, 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 the, and the sons of Korah and, and the, the psalmists, that they encourage us to bring the song of our soul to the Lord and turn it into a prayer and sing all the songs of your soul and not edit a part of it. Because I would say this, beloved, if we can't sing the song of distress, how then can we be comforted? Then we easily listen to the lying voices. Then we easily go find these other things and, and, and our soul continues to cry out, but we continue to cry out to the wrong things on its behalf. And so then, then, then we find ourselves landing in one place or the other. But then I would say for, for those of us on the other side, we, we sing the sad songs, but we can't sing the joyful ones. We sing the joyful ones, but not the sad ones. I'll tell you a secret about me. <laughs> Um, for those of you that have ever taken Strengths Finders, it's a great um, personality wiring, strength-based test, and uh, we use it here for Kingdom Identity. Next time we offer it, you'll you'll get to take it. But my number one uh, strength, my number one talent, is positivity. If that surprises you, then <laughs> that doesn't surprise anybody. <laughs> the interesting thing about that is that I'm always the last to know that I'm sad. I don't, I, I don't naturally process sadness very well. I, it takes me, how long does it take me usually, Karen? Usually about three days, and I'm like, something is so horribly wrong right now. I, I think I'm like, I might have cancer. No. But I get real, like, dramatic. So, then, and, then, and then really honestly, it's just that I realize I'm having the forbidden emotion. Sadness. 
And, you know, I'm learning to embrace sadness. In fact, I learned in Corey's, uh, well, it wasn't in this class, but I learned when we were at a, a meeting at Kaffa, Corey was sharing and he said, sometimes if you just say, I'm sad, that's like 90% of it right there. It's like, ah, oh, that's exactly it. And David is inviting us to say, I'm sad. I'm distressed. God, hear my cry. Meet me in this place. And he hears our cry. Let me continue. Some of us are comfortable with laughter but never tears. Other among us are a river of tears but resist joy. One can find we've become one-dimensional in our lives, asking this season in earth to be unbroken peace and uninterrupted prosperity or enduring patience only in this earth with all good things to arrive at his coming at the end of the age. This psalm rejects the foolishness of a one-dimensional premise. We have the shalom of God within us because he is with us and yet we embrace the coming day when he brings shalom to all things with a new heaven and a new earth, the lion and the lamb, death defeated and the tears of sadness no longer needed. We thank him for what wealth we have while asking that he would hasten the kingdom with its streets paved with gold, a fitting picture of total eradication of poverty in every part of community. Today, let us soothe our souls with prayers to our good God. That we see there is a reality of those who hate peace, but we are for peace. We are praying for peace. We are living for peace. We speak of the Prince of Peace. We carry shalom. And when we see war going on in others around us, we can weep. We can pray and we can call out to the God of peace that his kingdom would come now as well as soon. This is what we're invited to do right now in the Song of Ascents. We, we get to take this time and say, Lord, we see what's broken, but we see what's whole. We see what is here now and we see what is coming. We rejoice in what is here, but we call for more. Yet we do not ignore where our souls are distressed because we see that you must come. And we call out for that. And I want to invite you in this season. Let's join together all across the city and sing and pray for revival in the Tri-County area. We're going to be joining Riviera Baptist this Friday from 6 to 7. There are 14 churches that are going to be joining together to host prayer all week. Come on. Morning and evening, culminating with citywide worship and prayer this coming weekend at Willamette Christian Center. Our own Wendy Bearden will be helping to lead the worship with the citywide team. I'm excited about that. <laughs> That's good stuff, isn't it? Hallelujah. I want this coming week to be a time for us to call out to God, to open the eyes of everyone in our valley, that they would be saved and his kingdom would come all the more in Lane County. I want this week that we would join with the body of Christ in Lane County to call out for peace, for our salvation to break out in our cities. I want us to engage with God in the songs of ascent. Let's ask that God will call thousands into his kingdom this summer through all the events and the ways that we serve. Let's ask God that thousands 
thousands would be saved at City Fest in July. Let's ask him that we would make the proclamation that the God of peace has come and he is calling everyone that will to come into the kingdom of peace. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful that you have not given us just one emotion, but you have given us a full range of your emotions, the ability to love, the ability to weep, tears of sadness and tears of joy, the ability to laugh, the ability, Lord God, to be with and empathize with others. God, praise you that we have the ability to be angry and sin not. The ability, Lord Jesus, to be jealous for the righteous things, Lord, and that we are able, God, to call to you that you would bring heaven to earth. This we thank you for, Lord, and we ask that as we gather this week, stir us up, Lord, as to which place, which, which mountain, which morning, which evening, would you have us come and pray? And above all, Lord, we say, let your kingdom come in Jesus' name.